Hi, welcome to Project Healing, a podcast whose mission is to shed light on true self-care, healing our inner demons, and connecting the world in deeper and more meaningful ways. We all have a story to share, and we're very excited to be a part of helping everyone to share their own along the path of their healing journey. I'm your host, Katherine Galvin, psychic medium and intuitive healer, and with me, I have my co-host. I'm Jenna Korzynski, empathic psychic medium and intuitive soul coach. I believe that we have to feel our pain in order to heal it, and that community is a large part of that process. Speaking our truth and riding the waves of life is how we heal, and we welcome you to do the same. This is Project Healing. We'd like to do a quick shout out to our Patreons, Catherine Kendall, Manuela Cardenas, Rue, Katie Duvetter, Janet Adams, Chelsea Ayers, Katie Nicholson, and Samantha Sanguinetti. Thank you so much for your support. And if you are interested in joining our Patreon, we do have multiple tiers available, which include personalized readings, Reiki healing, and monthly group readings as well. So head on over to patreon.com and become a supporter of Project Healing so that we can connect on a more personal level. Hello. Welcome back to Project Healing. How are you doing, Jenna? I'm doing well. How about yourself? You know, we're surviving. We're, we're going to make it through this. <laughs> we had a really nice yes. Thanksgiving, a nice relaxing weekend. The whole nine it was kind of nice. How about you? Same. We had a great weekend, a great holiday as well. Um, and we put up our, our Christmas tree, which is like unheard of in the Korzynski household because usually like it goes up like the 23rd, just saying. So <laughs> You wait that long? Sure do. Sure do. You mm-hmm. you made me feel less bad, except last year we took ours down because the boys wouldn't leave it alone and we told them that was enough. Yeah. So that the past two years we've waited because my daughter is an explorer. She's an explorer. And so yeah. I honestly like just didn't have it in me. Um, so we waited till the last minute and then it came down pretty much right away. But this year the kids were ready to do it. And so we did it. We Saturday, yeah. that's what we did. We spent the day bringing up our decorations and getting everything ready. We picked a new spot for the tree this year. So it's all good. That's exciting. We, we put ours up today. So we put ours up too. Good stuff. And, uh, we'll see how long it stays up this year. <laughs> No, does your like your decorating come with some bickering? Because because I know my husband and I, when we decorate or like change things up, we tend to bicker with each other throughout the process. <laughs> okay, so the infamous Mike is a Libra, so everything's fine. Okay. Like always, he just goes with whatever I'm saying, with the exception of like a got it here okay. and there. But right. <laughs> It's interesting you say that because what I wanted to talk about today was communicating in partnerships. So I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but I super appreciate it. (laughs) I might might be good at segues. It might be a thing. (laughs) This has been coming up a lot in um, coaching calls for me, readings for me. Whenever something comes up like this frequently, I feel like it's something we have to talk about. So 
I have heard, and even with friends, a lot of partners, a lot of people in committed relationships seem to have an issue with communicating with each other. And I think we live in a time where we really don't actively listen as much as we should. And we're a lot more reactive than responsive. And that is a huge problem. So I kind of wanted to share a little bit about my personal relationship with my husband and how we have uh, struggled through learning how to communicate with each other in a more effective way. So just a little background. Both of us are from divorced homes. He's my second husband. I got married in my very, very early 20s and divorced not long after that. Um, Mike has, I want to say I'm only his second like long-term committed relationship. Both of us, our parents either argued behind closed doors or explosively in front of each other. And I should say that he and I both agreed that our mothers weren't really explosive, but our fathers were. So we learned that any disagreement was an argument and any argument was explosive, right? Not healthy. Yeah. And uh, for a long time, I really suffered from undiagnosed anxiety, and then the anxiety treatment wasn't exactly right. And a lot of my flip outs would come as a result of my anxiety without realizing it. So if he did do something wrong, it was never met like the proper way. It wasn't a conversation. It was just an explosion on my behalf. So... We were talking about this today before recording. I wanted to make sure that I had his perspective on things. And we talked about how he didn't really feel it was safe to speak his own truth. So in saying that, I guess what I want to kind of build up to that with is that I was very reactive. I was a person who would like throw a slipper may or may not be a true to true story recount there, but it's not, it's not okay. Like if I feel Truly, and I I think that this is like a vulnerable thing to share, but if my girlfriends had told me some of the things that I've done to my husband, if their significant others, their male significant others would have done that to them, I would have labeled it abuse and been so mad at them for not wanting better for themselves. So looking at our relationship, I always thought that he was the toxic one and that his actions and behaviors warranted my reactions. But as we've all learned and discussed on here your reactions are your choice, right? So yeah, feel free to interrupt because you know how I tend to ramble. <laughs> but I think- um, Well, I want to go back to what you said about being reactive over responsive. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that <laughs> that right there like sums up the first probably- my husband and I have been together a very long time. So I'm going to say probably like the first four years of our relationship. That is exactly what our communication was like. We would just react to each other instead of taking a breath, taking a moment. And when I look back now, I feel like some of the things that we got into like altercations over were so ridiculous. And it was really just because, yeah, we, it really just happened because we were reacting to each other and not taking a second to breathe and say, hey, we can have a civil conversation over this. Yes. So for us, some of it came with like maturity as well. Um, but I know for me, I got sick of feeling that way. Like I got sick of feeling like every conversation had to end in some sort of like. Um, Bickering. 
and what's that? Yeah, like, like some sort. Forth, yeah. Yeah, some sort of bickering. And I'm just like you. As you were speaking, I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. I also would lose my cool due to my anxiety. And I didn't realize for so long that that's what was happening. So if we're going to be like late for something or something like that, that was a trigger for me because I'm anxious and I don't want to be late for anything. Um, So that would turn into basically me going at him. And then him responding to me and then me being upset with it. So just wanted to piggyback on what you were saying and say, I agree. And you're not alone in that because it was a tough pill to swallow realizing that I was the problem too. Right. And how many people don't get to the point where they realize that this is an issue with both of you. And instead of working on that, what do we do? We walk away now. And I'm not saying that there are relationships that shouldn't end. Of course there are. But I think, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is my opinion. It is not Jenna's. Maybe she shares it, but I'm speaking for myself. I think a lot of people quit on their marriages before they should. I think a lot of people quit on relationships Mm -hmm. before they should. Because we refuse as humankind to turn inward and look at ourselves and see where the blame lays within us because it's hard to do that, right? It's easier to say Definitely. you do X, Y, and Z. Yes, exactly. Pointing the finger at the other person instead of reflecting back at yourself and saying, mm-hmm. well, how can I fix this? And then we get so far disconnected when those communication barriers come up, we get so far disconnected that that then leads to other issues that otherwise would not have existed if we would have fixed that original communication issue. Right. So I was thinking about this too. I would be reactive. I don't know if Ricky would be reactive back with you or if he shut down, but Mike shuts down. Mike shuts down. Mike doesn't want to talk. Mike wants to walk away. Mike won't walk away from an argument. But he would let me continue to berate him and berate him, which is not okay either. And he would do that because he didn't, I'm assuming from his own background with his own parents and the way that they were, he couldn't just walk away because that's not how it was to end an argument, right? Like that's like a show of defeat or whatever. So anyway, I think he would shut down and then we would go to bed or we would, one would go to work. And at the end of that, whether it's the next morning or at the end of a shift, everything would be fine for him. Nothing happened. It wasn't an issue. And I think a lot of couples in relationships in general, there's one person who is nothing happened. And there's one person who's like, we have to talk about this. Except why would you want to talk about it? Because what that really meant was Catherine wants to yell about it. Right. That's not safe. Right. Yeah. So Ricky's kind of a combination. Sometimes he is responsive, like he will come back at me. And other times he just shuts down and he's like, okay, crazy person, I'm just going to let you go. But when he does respond, it's instantly, and I'm like this too. So 
I'm just saying it's okay for both of us for me to say this instantly goes to like the digs, right? Yes. Like some, I'm going to hit you where it hurts and it's not even relevant to what the heck we're talking about. It's just like something that I'm going to say that I know is a trigger for you because I know that that's going to hurt you. And maybe, the, and I know that his intention was always like, maybe that'll shut her up, but did it shut no. my Gemini Puerto Rican Italian ass up? Hell no, it didn't. <laughs> 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 no, it was a no Three for snaps. me. Um, yeah. And but Ricky's the same way as Mike, though. He can like just like breathe through it and then like he's over it. And I'm still stewing. I'm still like, no, 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 we have to talk about this. And I'm not stewing like angry. I'm stewing like I want to fix this so that we don't run into this issue in the future. And yeah. my way of fixing things is communicating. It wasn't always that way, but it is now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It used to be flipping a slipper or if anyone is close enough to me to know the infamous egg story, that is also a good one. But I think that <laughs> what's really important is that we learn not to brush things under the carpet. You can't do that new day new reset. Like even if it's something small that you realize it was over, you still have to approach that subject and say, what happened? Why did we react like right. this? Um. I know something that uh, he pointed out to me, and at the time I got really mad at him for it. I would say, you always want to fall asleep or you get so mad when I'm – do you have to go? No. Oh, okay. Or you I get... thought I heard I, – I could have sworn I heard somebody next to me. So I was like looking over like – it sounded like somebody sat down in the chair next to me. There's no one there. It's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hazard of the trade, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> okay, oh sorry. God. Okay, so ugh, what was I saying? I I would bring stuff up at bed, and uh, are they still there? I I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I like I don't know. It like feels like somebody's like going around to me. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> are they like doing this? Behind you? Huh? Like a half moon behind you? Yeah. It's like I felt it over here next to me and then like I thought we were good and then it felt like something went whoop and was over on this side. That's why I was like, what? There's nothing here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. we We would go to bed and I would want to talk about everything because I finally had his attention, right? No phone, no kids. No work. Right. And he would – I'm not – I don't want to say this to make him sound like a horrible person because it's not. He would get up at like 4 in the morning for work and I'm talking – we're talking about this at like 11 o'clock at night and he would fall asleep. And we're laying in bed and he would be like, you can't bring this up when I'm laying in bed. I'm falling asleep. That is what bed is for. I would be so mad. This is when we're talking about it. This is the only time we have. And he's like, then we need to get out of bed to talk about it. Because I can't. My body says bed, sleep. And I would get so mad. Now, if we lay down and I think about it, I'll say, hey, this happened today. Can we talk about this tomorrow? Done. Mm. Because what do you do now? You you feel heard. You feel acknowledged. And you know it's going to be discussed. Right. I know that works for us at least. Um, But when you're in the midst of that argument – it's also really important that you're actively listening. Like if we can circle back to what we talked about in the very beginning of this, people don't actively listen. 
we all sit here with the response written for a statement that hasn't even been made yet. How can you respond mm-hmm. to something that has someone hasn't even finished formulating that thought to get it out of their head? So whereas Mike would need time to really think about what he wanted his response to be, I expected like boom, 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 back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he didn't have that. He needed time. So now when we argue, it's okay, I want to talk to you about this. I'm going to get this out on the table. Then if you need to think about it for a little bit, go ahead, walk away, think about it. We can do something else in the meantime, but I need you to think about it. This is what I want to talk about later today if he's at work. Like when you get home, I want to discuss this. So you have time to think, right? Not just spring it on you. Yes. Yeah. That's a a huge part of relationships that I think a lot of people forget is that, well, I mean, it sounds silly to say it out loud, but like we're all different people. So um, we may receive things differently and Mm -hmm. and have to process them differently. Just like you just said, like I, I'm in the same school as you where I'm like, okay, I have to get it off my chest and let's come up with a plan right here and right now. And my my husband's not my husband. Honestly, he will go mute because he's, he's got to do the same thing. He's got to process it as well. My issue Uh, that we run into is he will just, he'll just table it and that's it. So I'm the one that has to like bring it back around, which is frustrating. But as we've grown through our years and our experiences together, I've now just accepted that like, this is a part of our process. And he's also accepted that this is a part of our process. So it's not like, well, he may disagree with this, but it's not like the nagging wife because it's like it's my job to bring it back up because he knows he's not going to. And so do I. So that's just what we do. <laughs> I would really die if he just shouted down the stairs at you. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay. What about the people who and we've all done this we're all guilty of it but some of us are like serial offenders with this if something's in the past and you want to leave it in the past and you vocalize that you're prepared to leave it in the past to continue a relationship you can't be quote willing to move on and i'm doing air quotes here but then keep bringing up these indiscretions or these issues or these problems at the drop of a hat that's not a healthy argument (laughs) why you got to bring up old shit yeah exactly. right yes. you can't if you're bringing up the the patterns and the issues of the past then you haven't moved forward from them and those things are still a pertinent issue in your relationship and that's the bottom line and even if you don't bring it up out loud but you're still not actually deeply forgiving it you're still living in that energy so if you and i'm going to use yes. an example of infidelity um And I brought up on here, I think I have before, if I haven't, Mike and I have both had indiscretions that we obviously aren't going to go into detail here, but we both were very awful to each other for a period of time in our marriage. And during that time, we had agreed like, okay, this doesn't come up. This is something that we both did and that we're, we're not proud of, but let's move forward here and let's really move forward. And that means... If he doesn't answer the phone, ladies, you hear me when I say this, you can't blow them up 15 times and insist that they answer you right now. 
if you are willing to forgive and move on, you need to mean that. You can't have someone on a leash. There's no relationship without trust. There's just not. Yes, which means that you have to know what your own boundaries are too, because if that's not something that you can move past, but it's something that happened in your relationship, then maybe that's something that you have to look at as well. Um, But Catherine's right. You can't say that you're moving past something if you keep, if it keeps popping in your head and affecting your energy, if it keeps popping in your head and affecting your energy or affecting the energy of your relationship, she's absolutely right. Like you haven't, you haven't moved on from it. So, I mean, I give you guys credit for being able to move through something that intense because that that's hard. It's really hard. It is. And we just talked about, we just talked about that today. Um, we were talking about how we can't believe because he and I were in a really good place and we're in a very trusting place. And there have been a few times where I've been like, okay, he didn't pick up his phone. Slow your roll, girlfriend. The man sleeps like a freaking dinosaur. Like, you know, he's asleep. You can remote view people for crying out loud. You know, it's fine. Let's not really get in that headspace, but you have to, um, you have to just trust that everything is as it says it is. If you can't trust that, then you shouldn't still be there. And then we've got someone joining us. And then that- <laughs> There's a little baby dinosaur on its way in. <laughs> <laughs> Moving past something like that isn't easy. And I, I don't want to say, I don't want to make that sound like it was something really that we were just like, okay, let's keep moving. Like this was a good year, year and a half to two years of acting like total assholes to each other. And, and it's, he actually said today, he's like, but somehow in all of that, it was something where he would still get my coffee ready for me in the morning before he'd leave for work. Like we could literally be at each other's throats and there was no tit for tat. That just never happened between Mm -hmm. us. There was no let, let me get you and let me hit you where it hurts and that kind of thing. It was still, I'm going to come home from work and wash bottles and help you with this. And I'm still going to like get your coffee ready and pick the onions out of your dinner and all of that stupid idiot shit that people do who are in love, but are just too stubborn to look past it and start living like adults rather than like teenagers, just like, I don't know, like acting like teenagers, not in these committed relationships. So we both had shit to work through. Do we think that people cheat who should not stay in that relationship? Absolutely. But if people express their desire to change, if they mean it, they can really make these changes. And it's difficult, but they have to do it and they have to want to do it. You can't want it for them. I think that's part of it is that even in his language, even in my language, you can tell our desire to change. We've learned rather than, um, and, and it's a constant learning process. So like he would come home and say things like, because there's a lot of weeks where he's gone for a week at work and then he's home on the weekends. And he would say something like, oh, my God, the playroom is such a freaking disaster because clutter makes him stressed. And I get that. So that's a trigger for him. And knowing that sometimes with three kids being home alone, there's still nothing you can do about it, right? Because it's just what it is. They're, yeah. The oldest is five. The youngest is four months. It's just what it is. So he would come in and say something about what a mess it is. 
I would write my own story saying that he is making a personal attack on my ability as a parent to keep the house under control, right? Not ever what he meant. It was just a comment. It was not a personal dig. But now he'll come home and he'll say, what do you need help with first? How can I help? What can I do? And if I disappear, like I had a coffee date with a friend this morning, I came back and it was so loud in there. And I snuck off to the bathroom real quick and I came out and I said, I always got to sneak. You got to sneak in just to make sure no one sees you, right? I mean, those kids are just like, they have that detection, right? Mom's home. Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) You come in and it's, how can I help you? What do you need for me? You have to be able to do that with each other. Don't, Don't look at what's going wrong. Ask how you can help with something. Don't look for blame in relationships. Look for ways to alleviate pain for you and the other person. Definitely. Well, and a lot of what you were saying, like I'm thinking about um, couples that potentially like don't have infidelity in their relationship, but they also don't have the connection that you guys had. Like you're saying how, oh, he's still making my coffee for me in the morning and checking in with me and making sure that I'm good. And how can I help? And there are people that don't have that at all in their relationship. So um, it's it obviously shows that you guys are still invested in one another. Right. Um, but for anyone that's listening to this and questioning their own relationship, I just feel like it needs to be said that a, every relationship looks completely different, but at the end of the day, supporting one another is what is important, especially if there are children involved, especially if there are children involved. My translator, Um, because (laughs) right. I think I'm just here to um, reiterate all of the important points that Catherine has for us tonight. So (laughs) Make me know what I said. But <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that sometimes we look at our own relationships and we might be like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. He doesn't. Okay, let's talk about abuse for a second. He doesn't physically abuse me. And maybe my past relationships did physically abuse me. But how is everything else? Like, are there other things that are good? Just because someone is not doing something to you doesn't mean that the relationship overall is healthy if you're not supporting each other. Right, right. So, essentially, can you recap that for me? I'm sorry. (laughs) Nope. I can't recap myself. I can't. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know what I'm saying. Hold on. Let me backtrack here because now I'm losing my own mind. At the end of the day, supporting one another through the relationship, it it has to be there. It has to be there. Like, I think that some of us make excuses for our relationship saying like, oh, well, my last boyfriend cheated on me all the time or my last boyfriend was was physically abusive and my new relationship isn't. But is your new relationship supportive of you in other ways? You know, I don't know. Better than the better than bad isn't best. Right. Isn't that a thing? True. Yeah. 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 Isn't best. Yeah. Like that. Something like that. I don't know what just happened to me. I went from being super like on it to blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Whoever's walking around you is throwing you off. (laughs) It's so weird. I blame it on the ghost. (laughs) Blame it on the ghost and the full moon. Uh, Yes. So (laughs) essentially, 
if you are working on changing your communication and changing from being reactive to responsive, this is worth saying too. When we disagree on something, frequently Mike will go straight into defense mode and you can see him shut down. And it's it's been a slow and steady like fixing, so to speak, of this by my saying, we're not going to fight over this. I'm really just asking for your opinion. I'm asking you to clarify this for me. I'm asking you to help me understand. I promise I won't fly off at the handle. Because they're used to you being reactive. Their reaction is going to be to the old you. You can't expect them just to be on board with your changing and accept that energy as what it's going to be. They have to unlearn your old behaviors too. So you have yeah, to give them time your old behaviors and the behaviors of those that maybe they were raised around as well. Right. Um, because I mean, you can walk into a brand new relationship with a person that's super supportive and super communicative, but if you didn't grow up in that and you're not used to that, then you have to adjust to that as well. And yeah. you may think that a person is coming to like attack you when they're honestly trying to help. Um, but that's just because of like what you were used to. So 100%. And you have to understand too that there's, oh, how am I going to, how am I trying to say this? When I was with my ex, the one who was abusive, there are definitely things that it's been almost 11 years since I was with him. And I will still like, um, Mike shut like the closet door on me, but not like purposefully, but we were already arguing. He didn't try to slam the damn door on me. I know better than that. You know, that is not what his intention was. But PTSD kicks in and you go flying off and I was livid. I was in a rage and he was like, what the hell just happened? After going to calm down and think about it, I realized, oh my God, this is the stuff that I didn't work on from my past relationship. This is what I haven't healed yeah. from. When you don't heal what's coming from this toxic relationship and you don't heal yourself, you don't heal your old demons, your new demons, your acquiring demons, whatever they are, you don't heal yourself, you're bringing that to the next relationship. And you're going to find that that person has the same quote problems that the last person mm. did. It's not always that. Yeah. Sometimes it is you. I think we live in a society that's always like, oh, screw them. You're not the problem. No. Right. We're all the problem in one way or another. Yes, exactly. And it's so much easier to run away from facing our own shit than it is to own it. So I think that's what a lot of people do, which is part of why the divorce rates are so high is because people mm -hmm. are just like, eh, it's not worth it. They're never going to change. I don't want to change whatever the case is. And they just move on from it before trying to um, put the puzzle back together. They just yes. rather be like, nah, we're just going to leave that in pieces and it's fine. Right. And you bring that same garbage to the next relationship. And I thought that was, I had a therapist who said that to me probably about two years ago. Whatever you leave you're going to bring to the next relationship and i didn't understand what you meant there's but it finally dawned on me a couple years later someone said it it was probably like brene brown or something right it's always brene brown but they had said <laughs> whatever it is that you're not healing from this shitty relationship you're taken to the next one and it makes so much absolutely. sense. absolutely you have to heal yourself it all starts with you if you're unhappy in your relationship Check yourself first. 
before you move forward. Definitely. Well, and spirit is proof of that because I don't know about you, but when I'm doing these readings for people, they're like, oh, I'm having so many issues in my relationship. Nine times out of 10, spirit does not give me a message to relate to the partner. Nine times out of 10, spirit is giving me yeah. a message to relate to that person. This is how you can improve yourself and, and work through this. And they're yeah. like, well, and it's like, well, if you, you're either ready to receive the message or you're not. And a lot of people are not. A lot of people are not ready to hear it. Um, well, that's not entirely true. There are quite a few people that are like, oh, whoa. Had my sister have said that to me, I would have been like, screw you. But hearing yeah. this from a different perspective, from a stranger. now I kind of get it. You, yeah, yeah, like yeah. You're ready to hear it, but you're not ready to receive it because you have to hear it like 10 more times before you yeah. finally receive it, right? Definitely. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice getting it from a stranger, I think, just because it's like, oh, they don't know anything about me and they're still giving me that same message. So here we are. (laughs) Where's the common denominator? (laughs) You know what one of my personal favorites is? When you have someone who goes to like you for a reading and you tell them one thing, so they don't like it and they book with me. And I tell them the same thing without (laughs) even knowing that they even ever had a reading with you. They don't like what I said. I mean, because we must have talked about it. We're podcast co-hosts, right? People don't realize Jenna and I barely touch base sometimes before we hop on here. We are both so head in the clouds, busy with a thousand things. But then they don't like that reading with with me or you. So they'll book with Ambie. <laughs> she tells them the same thing. Like, <laughs> come on, man. What do you What do you want to hear? We're not going to change our answer just to make you happy. I don't know how many times I can say that. So. Right. Do the work, try the work, and then book another reading once you've done some of the work. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I've had a TikTok in the making about this for a long time, and I just keep getting distracted. All right. So the dinosaur is snoring in the background now. (laughs) You guys, this podcast is really, really, truly something that Jenna and I love doing. And it is like, if you guys could see the imagery that Jenna sees right now, you would really understand how much love is poured into this. We had two children burst into my room while I'm recording. I don't think you heard them. I think I handled that one. And then this little beast wakes up like half crying. This is this is our passion. We love doing this and being here for you guys. So we will do it at just about any cost right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you ever hear strange background noises, it's just mom life upticking for us. That's all that is. is. (laughs) Jenna, do you want to pull a conversation card? Oh, yes. Let's do it. Are you sure you don't want to courage one? Maybe it'll tell you to dye your hair rainbow or something. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a hair appointment this week? Okay. Oh, rainbow it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is too funny. Okay, so we got a random card and it says, what's cool about being a grown-up? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. How many cards are in this deck and this is what I just pulled? 150 and this is what I pulled. <laughs> hmm. Realizing that you have the power to create your own life. Mic drop. And the first thing that popped in my head was making your own decisions, which is in Boom. alignment with what you're saying. Like, yeah. yeah. Or. Totally. Also, 
that you can push things around with a vacuum cleaner without picking up the floor and no one's going to yell at you. You're still vacuuming. Did you hear that, Kelly? Just saying. <laughs> I was going to say, and one for my mom is you can kick ice cubes underneath the fridge and there's no one there to yell at you. <laughs> what did My kids are so confused because you can have leftover birthday cake for breakfast, but cupcakes just because those aren't breakfast. It's birthday cake. What are you doing? <laughs> there are rules here. <laughs> Get it right. These are the grown-up rules, okay? <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Oh, damn. Oh, man. All right, you guys. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been some kind of ride over here tonight, today, this morning, whatever you're doing when you're listening to this. If you're hearing this on Wednesday, <laughs> then thank God you made it through this full moon. <laughs> and if you're listening to this way later, I hope we uh, make any sense to you whatsoever. You all have a wonderful evening. And we'll catch you next time on Project Kitty. Bye. Bye. Bye.